Welcome to the Awaken Life Church podcast. For more information about our church, please visit awakenlifechurch.net. We hope you enjoy this message by Angela Snow. Wow. I'm excited. Ha ha ha. Yeah. I get you for like 45 minutes. I get to say whatever I want. Just kidding. Actually, I don't. (laughs) I was praying this week, just asking God what was on his heart. And I'll tell you, um, Aaron started out with the message and, and uh, and then Michael kind of hit the middle of the message, and then Brianna came up with another part of the message, and, and then Jill came up, and she hit another part of the message, and, and God was just the whole way through just going, like, this is really, this really is for right now and for today. Um, <clears throat> he, uh, he told me to tell them that I love them. It was that simple. And for seven or eight days, he just kept saying, tell them I love them. So let's just bow our heads. We're going to pray. Just put your hand on your heart, too. We're just going to just invite the Holy Spirit. Just invite the Holy Spirit to come in. And we just welcome you, Holy Spirit. Yeah, we just we open our hearts to receive what you have for us today. Yeah, Lord, we ask that you would um, help our hearts to receive your love today. Help us to receive your love, God. <laughs> Thank you, Lord. Amen. Yeah. All week, all week long, there's this one thing. It's tell them that I love them. And I was fine until yesterday. Until he said it the one last time. And then I, it hit. His love actually hit. His love for you hit. I just started to weep. Sitting there at my counter, I was just weeping. Because I could feel it. His love for you. And actually, like, there is this desperation in his heart to get his love to you, to your heart. It was deep. It was not like the love that we... We really think we know from human to human. It was, it was so deep that it was more than what my body could handle, what my heart could handle. And uh, he, man, he's just been wrecking my emotions even this morning um, on my way. He just, he did it again. And I was like, God, like I actually have to, you know, accomplish things today. I have to do stuff. I need you to not like, you know, crashed into my emotions so hard. But he did not pay attention to that, (laughs) clearly. (laughs) But there is a really deep desire in the heart of God for you to know his love and experience it like at a really, really deep level. He wants you to know that he is pursuing you He's pursuing you with fervor and with passion and with a doggedness that he just won't quit. I don't know what's happening. I was sitting there all excited, not weepy. God's just giving you a, a glimpse of what it's like when everything else just fades away and his love just comes in. Nothing gets in the way, not a pain from the past, not, none of the wounds, none of the stuff from the world, nothing. It just kind of fades and he's right there and you can feel his love for you. And I think God's just showing, um, continuing to show me 
how deep it goes with him, how emotional he actually is for you and over you. It's no small thing. It's no small thing that God loves you. So sorry for all the sniffles, but um, God is pursuing you with fervor and with a passion. I chose to sing the goodness of God today. Well, he told me to sing it, but to plant that seed that he really is chasing you down with his goodness, with his mercy, with his love, like it says in Psalm 23, 6. His goodness and mercy follow me all the days of my life. And he wanted me to tell you this. The truest thing about you, the truest thing, is that you're loved by him. It's the truest thing about you. It is more true than anything else that is actually true. It's the truest thing about you. You are his beloved. No matter what the world says, no matter what your parents said, no matter how anybody has ever treated you, ever, I feel like God is planting a flag today and he's, he's just like, he's done with this thing of people not feeling loved by him. And he's like wanting to declare no more. The truest thing about you, Brad, is that you are loved by God. It's the truest thing about you. It's more true than anything else you've ever experienced in your entire life. It's the truest thing about you. Take a second and just close your eyes for, for a second. And put your hand on your heart as we do. And just actually tell your heart, speak to your heart. And just say, heart, the truest thing about you is that you are loved by God. The truest thing about you is that you are loved by God. It's so simple. But it is literally everything. It is everything. I didn't believe it. I'll tell you, I was one person that did not believe it because there were so many things that had happened in my life. There were so many hurts, so many wounds, so many things that screamed everything other than, you know, God loves you, that you're loved. But it's the truest thing about me. It's more true than what my dad might have said or did, more true than what my mom may have said or what she may have done. It's more true than all of that. It's the most true thing about you is you are loved by God. And that thing literally defines you. It defines your life. God's planting his flag today and he wants you to know, desperately wants you to know that he loves you. I know it's so simple. It's like, well, everybody already knows that. You know, we know the Bible verses. We can quote John 3, 16, God so loved the world, blah, blah, blah. You know, we can, we can quote the stuff. We've got it up here. We've got it in our head. But what is it that about our lives where we're not actually experiencing that? We still sit with rejection or abandonment or negative thoughts and stuff about ourselves. It is the most foundational thing about you is that you are loved by God. God wanted you, and so he made you. It's that simple. He wanted you, and so he made you. My mind used to rage against that all the time. My mother was not sure if she wanted to have me. And though she, ne she didn't tell me that until I was about 37, I knew it. I felt it. I could feel that un uncertainty. Even if your parents were unsure even if that thing's been, you've kind of been carrying that thing around, God wants you to know that he wanted you, and so he made you. He really wants our hearts to come, out, come, come into agreement with the fact that, yeah, God wanted me, and so he made me. You are not an accident. God did not whoopsie when he made you. 
Your parents didn't surprise God. Like, oh, wait a minute, how, how is this happening? <laughs> how is this one pregnant? How is, how is this, one? like, you know, God, didn't, God was not surprised by you. He wanted you, and so he made you. It's that simple. You are so desired by God, especially when you don't feel like it. In Jeremiah 31, uh, verse 3, it says, Yes, I have loved you with an everlasting love. An everlasting love. He loves us with an everlasting love. And therefore, with loving kindness, I have drawn you. Every single person is in this room right now or watching via live stream because God has drawn you. It's by his loving kindness that he has drawn you, that he has called you. He has chased after you. He has genuinely chased after you and pursued you. He's pursuing you right now. He's pursuing your heart right now. No matter where you are in life, he's pursuing you and pursuing your heart. Even if you're in ministry, even if you're in full-time ministry, God is pursuing you. Each one of us in this room, God is pursuing you. He's pursuing your heart right now. God loving you is the single, is the truest thing about you. I know it might sound repetitive, but let me tell you, how many times have we thought to ourselves, I'm not worthy of love or I'm unloved? Or I feel rejected or I feel abandoned. I'm going to say it a few more times. The truest thing about you is that you're loved by God. It's the truest thing about you. And I know there's probably people in this room right now that your heart's pushing back against that a little bit. Maybe a wee bit. It's pushing back a little bit. That's why God keeps having me say it. The truest thing about you is that you are loved by God. It's more true about you than any of the messages that you received when you were little. Anything, whether you were knocked down on the playground and, and rejected by peers or anything. Mom messages, dad messages, wounds from parents and siblings. It's, it's more true than any of those things. Even if you grow up feel, felt, uh, and you felt like you were unwanted or unloved, abandoned, maybe people told you you were aggravating and irritating to be around. You never know the kind of messages we got when we were growing up. But it is absolutely more true about you than any of those things. It's more true about you than any messages you received through a divorce, of rejection, abandonment. It's more true than any of those things. Even if you've experienced a trauma, like a car accident or death of a loved one, the most true thing about you is that you're loved by God. It's more true than any of the pain that you've ever faced or experienced in your entire life. You are loved by God. God is planting a flag today. You're loved by him. It's the truest thing about you. It is the very truest thing about who you are. It is foundational and it literally defines you. It defines who you are. It defines everything about you. It really does. I love, how many of you guys have seen the movie The Shack? You guys ever, yeah, pretty much everybody in here read the book. If you haven't, dude, go watch The Shack or read the book. If you're more of a book person, the book, we got one that says the book is better. Read the book. But uh, yeah, I've, I've done both. I loved, loved the movie, loved the book. But I love this phrase that uh, the author Paul Young came up with is that um, God is especially fond of you. God really is. He is especially fond of you. This, it's not something that's about the, like, the person sitting to your right or to your left. This is for you and for your heart. And just... Like, like a laser, God wants you to know that he is especially fond of you. Of you. It's the truest thing about you. My mind used to rage against this. It's like, no, but all of these other things, they're more true. 
because the pain screams out. The wounds scream out. But this is the most true thing about you, is that you're loved by God. You are his beloved, and there is nothing that anyone can ever do to take that away from you. It is foundational. It's actually the only thing in life that you're guaranteed is the love of God, that he will be with you, that he's never going to leave you or forsake you. It's the only thing that's guaranteed. Every single person can have it. Every one of us can have it because we are loved by God. We can't, nothing else is guaranteed. How people treat us, whether our spouse stays or leaves, whether someone, someone dies or, you know, all, like you get fired at your job or you're, you make this amount of money or that, like, you know, I guess it's God loves you and then death and taxes. But, but truly, the only thing that's really guaranteed in life, because some people don't pay their taxes, is, um, is that God loves you. It's the only thing that's a guarantee in life. No one can run away from. It's true about you no matter what. And sometimes, we talk about a lot of things, but sometimes it's just the simplicity of the gospel. We need to just hear the simplicity of the gospel, that we're just loved by God, that he loves you. You know, I mean, I could go into Greek and Hebrew right now. Do you need Greek or Hebrew? Not really. You need to know in your heart that God loves you. when Michael was, was saying that you're the apple of God's eye, I'm like, sweet. That's on page three. <laughs> Did you know that you're the apple of God's eye? <laughs> have, you ever, have you ever fallen in love? Or, well, better yet, like, someone's falling in love with, not better yet, but like someone's falling in love with you and you can look at the way, you can see how they're looking at you? Aw, shucks, Chioma's looking at Kyle. <laughs> but you remember that, you remember those times when like, it's like you could look in that person's eye and you could see the passion. You could see their excitement for you. You could see the joy. You could see just like this depth of love. You could see like tenderness. And they're just so excited to be with you. They're just like captivated by your presence. All they wanted to do was be with you. There was nowhere else in the whole wide world that they wanted to be. There's nowhere else. And that sparkle is in their eye. And if you haven't experienced it yet, that's all right. You'll get there. It's amazing. But there's nowhere else in the whole wide world they would rather be. That is how God looks at you. God is actually in love with you. When, he's, when you sit down with God, there's nowhere else in the whole wide world he would rather be. He just wants to be with you. He's, he's like that. I know it's crazy. It sounds crazy. This sounds weird. It's like, what do you mean? He's always full of passion for me. He's always full of joy. He's always looking at me with tenderness and gentleness. And he's, you know, that just sounds dumb. That's what, that's what my brain used to say. Well, that just sounds dumb. That's not how, God can't possibly feel like that all the time. That's dumb. <laughs> and it's because we don't feel like that all the time. It's because we have, you know, we get all like, err with the people in our lives. We get a little aggravated and irritated and stuff, but God actually doesn't. He's not an angry God. God is not an angry man. He's not an angry God. He's in love with you, and you are the apple of his eye. You are the one that makes God's eyes sparkle like that. That twinkle in his eye is because of you. It really is because of you. Put your hand on your heart. Say, it's because of me. It's because of me. It's because of me. His eyes sparkle because of me. It's a mind grenade when you actually receive it. It's a mind grenade. It makes everything else seem dumb. When you finally, when you get that, it's like everything else is now what seems stupid. How did I ever believe that I was rejectable and unworthy of love? Once that comes in, everything else is now stupid. Everything else becomes dumb. But God likes you. He actually likes being with you. He loves when you sing, when you talk, when you talk to him. He loves when you're just sitting there yammering on about something. 
He loves that. He loves to be with you. It is the simplicity of the gospel. It's the simplicity of the gospel. He loves you. He loves you. He loves you. He's not mad at you. God has no need to punish you. God is for you. He's never been against you. Never one time. In all of your days, every moment of your entire life, God has never even one time had a negative thought about you. Not one single time. That sounds insane. I know all the things that I've done. I know, I know the life that I lived, and he didn't have negative thoughts about me all that time. All of those moments, there are lots of moments. No. He never one time had a negative thought about me. Wow, oh, she's not going to make it. Ugh, look at her doing this stupid stuff again. He never, he never has that thought about, we have that kind of thought about ourselves. You know, our parents maybe had that kind of thought about you. But God never does. He's never once, never one time had a negative thought about you. It is a mind grenade to actually process that that is true. It's, <clears throat> the mind doesn't want to accept that. But God has, he's, he's not mad at you. He has no need to punish you. He has really good plans for your life. The truest thing about you is that he loves you. It is more true than the pain of rejection. It's more true than the pain of shame. It's more true than the pain that comes from abandonment by a parent or by a spouse. It's more true. It's more true than any of the words that the kids ever said about you on the playground or the mean girls in high school being mean like they were. It's more true about about you than anything that anyone has ever said about you in your entire life. It is the truest thing about you is that God loves you. God, you know, God actually wants you to like you. He actually wants you to enjoy yourself. He has no need and no, he doesn't have, he has no desire for you to reject yourself, to feel shameful or, you know, have negative thoughts about yourself, like it doesn't actually profit him anything. God actually wants you to like yourself. This is the simplicity of the gospel. He loves you, and he wants you to like yourself. He wants you to love yourself. He wants your thoughts about you to be like his thoughts about you. All day long. All day long. You know how I know, like, man, I'll just go ahead and share this. Um, every single time, you know, how I, you know how I know that God wants you to know this today? There's so many different confirmations, but, but almost every time I go, to, I go to preach, I end up sick. It's the strangest thing. Shocker. It's like the enemy wants me to shut my mouth. It happened again this week because the enemy does not want you to know it's just this simple. The truest thing about you is that you're loved by God. Mm -hmm. It's the truest thing about you. When you realize <clears throat> that that is the truest thing about you, rejection loses its voice. It just kind of becomes faint and it's just almost like, oh yeah, I used, to, I used to think that. That's dumb. You know, shame... It's just, it's like, what's shame yammering about over there? Like, I, like, that doesn't even feel real to me anymore. When you realize the truest thing about you is that you're loved by God. Even the, the voice of accusation starts to fade. When you, like, you're not, you're not doing good enough. You're failing. You're blowing it. You're not a success. You're a failure. You know, like, all that voice of accusation it just starts to fade away. And it, it feels and starts to sound foreign. It's like, no, that's, that's not even true about me. That's crazy. But I, that used to, I, you can remember like, oh, that used to sound true to me. That used to sound like the truest thing about me. 
That was actually what was familiar. But God wants you to know the truest thing about you is that you are loved by him, that he's passionate about you, that he pursues your heart every day. He doesn't wait. He pursues you every day. He's not sitting back waiting. He's there every single day. He's blessing you every day. He pursues you every single day. I know it can be really hard um, to change how we think about ourselves. It can be because there's so much experience that points to this one thing. There's so much experience that points to I'm rejected, I'm a failure, I'm, you know, shame kind of can speak loudly, but how do we, how do we start believing that God loving me is the truest thing about me? How do we actually get there? How can I think differently about myself? How can I change my heart? How can I change my mind? And God just wanted me to share with you <clears throat> that this whole journey that we're on, this is all through God's grace. This process and what our hearts go through, it's actually just through the grace of God. And I know it's, I'm, I'm one of the main people that says like, oh, I need to figure it out and I wanna, I'm gonna read every book, I'm gonna read all the books and I'm gonna watch all the teachings and I'm gonna, you know, listen to all the worship songs and I'm gonna, you know, it's just, but it's like, it's, it's all by the grace of God. In Hebrews 13.9, it says that it is a good and beautiful thing that the heart be established in grace. And the apostle, well, whoever wrote Hebrews, maybe Paul, maybe somebody else, um, the writer of Hebrews was really contrasting grace versus doing it from our own efforts and doing it from our own, with our own works, our own striving, trying really hard. And the writer says it's a really good thing that the heart be established by grace. It's actually more beautiful to grace, to, to feast on grace and be inwardly strengthened. That's the, the passion translation. I love that translation. It's so passionate. Um, it says it is beautiful to feast on grace and to be inwardly strengthened. That's actually how our heart gets changed. That's how we become strengthened, is when we feast on the grace of God, when we feast on Jesus, when we feast on truth that's in the word of God, when we allow our hearts to be impacted. It's not because we're trying so hard and because we can check the boxes and we've, you know, read, you know, four chapters today and we listened to six worship songs and we prayed for 32 minutes instead of 31 minutes the day before. It's like, that's actually not how any of this happens. Has anybody tried really hard? Like I've tried really hard. It's like two people have tried really hard. So everybody, oh no. So pretty, a lot of people have tried really hard. <laughs> yeah, we've tried really hard. We try to do it through our own effort, but God really wants to lift that burden off today. We tr and a lot of times we try a lot of things to just try to feel better about ourselves too. We try the, you know, we download the apps from the app store and we try to be calm and we try to meditate and we do our breath work and, you know, all these kinds of things and I'm not, you know, saying don't do that or, you know, we try to think positively about everything and we study neuroscience and don't get me wrong, I love neuroscience. If you know me, you know I love neuroscience. But um, it really all comes down to one thing. It's that God is actually the one who's able to establish your heart in grace. That's Romans 16, 25. God is able. It, God's the only one that has the ability to actually establish your heart in grace. We can establish our heart through works. That's a lot of what, that's a lot of what I've done. I tried to, you know, we establish our hearts through our efforts, through self-protection, but if you want your heart to be established in grace, God is the one that does that work. He's actually really excited to do that for you. But our part is simple. We allow ourselves to be established by him. We just, we, we submit to God. We allow it to happen. We allow that grace to come in. We allow his love to come in. The other day, um, For those of you that know, it's been a season of um, 
working through a, a health issue for me, at the same time kind of coming to the tail end of you know, grieving the loss of my sister. And my body has needed strength. I have felt literal weakness in my body. And there's this, uh, this verse just, you know, popped up. Isaiah 41.10. God said, I will strengthen you and help you. And I will hold you up with my victorious right hand. So good. That verse right there it took a, a weight off of me in that moment. It brought a peace in my heart because I kept looking for strength and I felt like God wasn't helping me to get strong. I felt like I was the one who had to bring strength to the table and I had to figure, I had to figure this thing out. It's on me to get strong. It's on me to be strengthened. The reason that my heart believed that was because I didn't have a lot of support when I was growing up. I wasn't helped a lot by family. And so my heart had this belief, because for a, a good while it, this was true, I was on my own. It was up to me to figure out how to go from being nine to 10, to figure out how do you do life going, you know, at, at 10 years old, how do you do life at 11? not having anybody to talk to, not having anyone to strengthen me, to help me, not having anyone to hold me up, no, not having support around. But God said, I will strengthen you and I will help you. I'm going to hold you up by my right hand. I'm going to be your support. I'm going to be the reason why strength comes back into your body and strength to your soul. But the thing is, is I wouldn't have started processing that. I wouldn't have had that moment with God if I hadn't heard that verse. How many of you know faith comes by hearing and hearing comes by the word of God? Faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. And faith is just believing. What we believe comes from what we hear, what we hear, what we hear. And we hear these internal thoughts a lot. I'm no good. I'm not good enough. Etc. You know the thoughts that you you know that you know the thoughts that the enemy has kind of chucked at you throughout your life. But this ministered so deeply to me. But I had to hear it first. You know, it's like it had to be in like I either had to see it or I had to hear it first. And so in that moment when I when I looked down at that, it was as if God Himself said, well, I, "I will strengthen you. I will." Do not fear, do not be discouraged, for I am with you, and I am your God, and I will strengthen you and help you, and I will uphold you by my victorious right hand. It took the pressure off. I was like, whew. Faith sprang up in my heart. I was like, why is it in this moment that that actually feels true to me? Right now. Like, I, you know, it's like we grew up in church. It's like, how many times have I heard that verse? I don't know. A thousand? I don't know. You know, just you hear verses all the time. But there is this moment where it's like I, like God actually sought me out. And God put this verse in front of me. And he said, I will strengthen you. I will help you. And I will uphold you. I will be your support. I will, I'm going to be the reason that you don't fall. I'm going to be the reason why you actually stay together. I mean, we all know the verse, it was through Jesus, by him, through him, for him, all things were made, and in him all things are held together or consist. Jesus is literally holding you together. It's his righteous right hand that's holding you up. It's, it's he's actually the one that's supporting you, that's strengthening you and helping you. But until I heard it, until, it, until God sought me out, it's like until I heard that verse, my, though I was shaky on the inside. I was like, man, I kept hearing the do what the doctors were saying. I kept, I felt it. I mean, I didn't just hear what they were saying. It's like, I, I heard what they were saying, but I felt it. I was experiencing it. And then God came in with, I'm going to be the one to strengthen you. And I am going to help you. And it meant so much because I felt for so long that I was alone. 
that I had to figure it out. When I was growing up, there was a huge period of time from about nine to, to forever that, you know, it was like I was on my own and I had to figure it out and there wasn't help and I didn't have strength. Nine-year-olds don't have strength. You know, nine-year-olds are kids. And so this verse, this thing, God came in and he was so gentle and so tender and so loving to come in and to tell me that I'm going to strengthen you. That I'm going to be the one to help you. So faith just like sprang up in me. Um, and I started entering into this with the rest of God a little bit more and a little bit more. And it's actually, um, it's still to this day posted on my, um, my bathroom mirror. And I walk by that and I'm like, and I remember, I'm like, yeah, God is going to, he's going to be the one to strengthen me. Even as, even as seasons change and even as, as like, you know, I don't need his strength in this manner or I don't need his help in this manner. It's like, no, that, that's still the same. The, the truth is still the same. God is still going to strengthen me. He's still going to help me and he's still going to be my support no matter what I'm facing. And hopefully things do change, seasons do change, but that stays the same. But it's so important, the things that we're listening to, the things that we're seeing, the TV that we're watching, the stuff that we're consuming, because it, what we believe comes from what we see and what we hear. It really does. It really does impact us. It really does have an impact on the way we think, how we feel about ourselves, the thoughts that start going through our mind the next day. You know, it's like it, it really does have an impact. So I just want to encourage you guys Grab something really good to listen to throughout the week. Grab somebody that, um, yeah, getting ahead of myself, but, you know, grab somebody that's going to tell you the truth about who God is. Listen to somebody that's going to tell you how much he loves you, how precious you are to him, and listen to someone that's not going to put you back into bondage. If you're walking away from a, a, a message or something feeling like you have to now earn it, there's a, there's a burden on your heart, you feel a little bit more weighed down, you feel a little bit more pressure, or feel a little bit more like, oh, I have to figure this thing out, and I have to do all these things, and I need to check some boxes. I don't know, I just suggest maybe trying to check out something else, something else. Maybe look for something a little bit different. And even if you're watching like a certain TV show, and it's like, man, I just kind of feel like, you know, a little slimed after I watch that one particular show. I would just, it's not worth it. I'll just ditch it. And this is not in my message anywhere, but just, this is free. Just, like, ditch it, whatever that thing is. that is just kind of, you know, slimes you a little bit. Like, get, you know, get rid of that. Um, and I'm not telling you what you can and can't watch, because there's, there's freedom in Christ, but you know how things affect your soul. You know how things affect your own mind. You know how things affect your heart. So I would just process that with the Lord. And... Take in things that are going to tell you the truth about who you are. So often we even, um, I do it. It's like I watch, you know, like NCIS and all these different procedural shows and like little cop shows and all that stuff. And I love spy movies. But like sometimes they can actually have this continual uh, message of life's actually, you're actually not safe. God doesn't exist. You're on your own. It's up to you. You're kind of up a creek without a paddle. You know, it's like, because everything's so focused on like self, you know, um, doing everything yourself, and there is no God, and there is no one to trust, and, you know, it's just, so just kind of consider that as you're, as you're, like, it's just between you and the Holy Spirit, though. It's not for a rule for somebody else to implement or put on you, but just think about how do I feel? How does this shape my thoughts? Because we, we really are, or what we believe, our faith really does come from what we hear so, so often. But when that verse came alive to me, um, I just, you know, he did that for me and I, he wants you to know that he will do that for you too. Whatever is going on, he wants you to know that he's going to do that for you. That he's going he's gonna to actually start to build in your heart um, that the truest thing about you is that you're loved by me. God is going to start building that. And Today is real. I really do believe that God's planting a flag today. He keeps coming back to this over and over and over that my love for you is the truest thing about you. The fact that you are the beloved. And somebody said it right, somebody said it right here that you're the bride, that you're the bride. You're the one that he loves. 
I don't remember who said that or if it was my, I don't remember who was, who was saying that, but it's like, it's right here. You're the beloved. You are God's beloved. You are the one that he loves. You are the one that he pursues. All of this creation, he didn't make it for himself. He made it for you. It's a mind grenade. He didn't need to make an earth or planets or any of this stuff. He, did, he didn't need that for himself. He made it for you. He made it so that you could actually look at the mountains and go, wow, that's beautiful. That reminds me of God. Because God is beautiful. Like all of this stuff, it might seem sacrilegious, but God actually made it for you because he loves you. It might, it might even feel like this is the opposite of what you've always been taught. That, you know, you're just here and you're God's slave and, he, and you're just like, in, you know, like. But he made all of this for you. He made rivers for you. He gave you a desire and a love for water. And then he put water on the planet so that you would be refreshed when you go sit by a stream or when you go sit on the beach and you look at the ocean. Like I'm telling you, God is so much better than we think. God's so much better than we think. He really loves you in a deep way. It's crazy. It doesn't even, it's a mind grenade how much God really loves you. But I took that verse and it was like God put that, God put that in my soul that I'll, you know, I'll strengthen you and help you and stuff. And I actually just started saying to myself, God will. God, God, will, God will strengthen me. God will help me. God will support me. And then I started saying, wow, God is. I was like, no, God is strengthening me. God is helping me and God is supporting me. And then, it, and then God showed me to turn it into a prayer again. Thank you, God, that you are strengthening me, that you are helping me, that you are supporting me. And can I just tell you that I'm not saying to not, to not petition God, but when we move from like asking and saying like, God, please, you know, please strengthen me, God. Please help me, God. When we move from that, we move into like, thank you, God, that you are strengthening me. Thank you that you are helping me right now. Do you get the weight that comes off of your soul? It's amazing. And it's like God's taught me to pray this way. Thank you that you are. Thank you that you are. He's doing, and I'm not even, I don't even feel like I'm calling those things that aren't as though they are anymore. I'm just finally coming into agreement with, with what God's already doing. So whatever it is, start thanking God. Like, thank you, God, that you are restoring my health to me. That's another one, Jeremiah 30, 17. God popped that one in front, in front of me. It says, I will restore health to you and I will heal you of your wounds, declares the Lord. Jeremiah 30, 17. It's such a good one. And so I walk around now just saying, thank you, God, that you are restoring my health to me. And thank you, God, that you are, you are healing me of my wounds. And I just was telling the folks in intercessory prayer this morning, God healed another wound this week. And I think there is, I think, you know, it's like he's doing these things, like, God is doing these things, but the fact that I'm coming into agreement with him can't hurt. It actually is helping the process because my own heart is like, is coming into agreement with him more and more and more. And I, would just, I just started saying, thank you, God. You're restoring health to me and you are healing me of my wounds. Thank you that you are doing this. And God was actually in the middle of doing that for me even when I wasn't thanking him for doing it for me. How many of you know that? He was actually in the middle of healing my wounds before I started thanking him again and again for healing me of my wounds. God's already in, was already in the process of restoring my health to me. And I want you to know that God's actually doing that for you right now. I, I just, there's this thing that's in the atmosphere where God is actually on the move and things have been shifting. Like things are shifting. I don't know if you've noticed but about three weeks ago, it's like stuff is shifting. Things are, like, things are happening. Things are moving. God is on the move. And we can see some of it in the national headlines. 
but there is so much that is happening behind the scenes. There's so much, like God is doing so much for individual people right now. He's doing a lot for families. He's doing a lot for cities. God is doing stuff. I want to just encourage you today that God is right in the middle of doing these things that we've been asking him to do. He is right in the middle of doing it. So start thanking him for the fact that he's actually doing stuff right now. You will feel different on the inside when you start thanking God for doing this, those, those things. And God wants you to know that he knows exactly what you need. He knows the exact thing that you need. He knows the exact moment of trauma that needs to be healed. He knows the messages or the wounds that need to be, that need to be healed in your heart, in your mind. He knows every single thing you need. He knows the job that you need. He knows the, uh, the new account that you might need. God knows all of those things. He knows every single thing that you need. And he's not stumped or confused as far as how to get that to you. God's not in, his he- in heaven scratching his head saying, I have no idea how to get this to you. I have no idea how I'm finally going to get this blessing to Dylan. Oh my gosh. <laughs> What a knucklehead. No, God's never doing that. (laughs) He's never scratching his head, not knowing how to get a blessing to you. He's so good at blessing us. He's so good at blessing us. He's so good at blessing us. And I'm going to tell you a couple things real quick. Um, God is not disappointed with you. God is not disillusioned with you. God is not discouraged by you. He is not mad at you, and he understands the process. He understands your process. And it's because he designed it, he built it, he knows your process. And his heart, God's heart is for us to finally be able to relax. God wants us to be able to just breathe and to rest. He wants your heart to be able to rest. But God wants you to know that it's by his grace that all of these things happen. He's the author and the finisher of your faith. God is the one who authored your faith in the first place. And it's it's not like authoring it and finishing it. It's like bookends. It's like he authored it and then he'll finish it one day, you know, kind of like towards the end. And then you have to work really hard in the middle. You have to do all this stuff. It's like, no, absolutely not. Just like Paul wrote to the Galatians, oh, you foolish Galatians, you started, it's through grace, you started in the spirit, you started, you know, it had nothing to do with your works or your effort. Why would you think right now it's going to be because of your works or your effort, trying really hard? God wants you to know that it's always by his grace. It's always been by his grace, and it will always be by his grace, and it's because he loves you. He loves you. He loves you. He loves you. It's the truest thing about you is that God loves you. The truest thing about you is that you are his beloved. You're his bride. It is the very truest thing about you. There is nothing more true in the entire world about you. There's nothing more true than you are loved by God. No matter what you need, no matter what is going on. And I know that there, you know, I know that things are shifting. I can feel those things, but I also know that there's been a lot, there are a lot of people that have had a lot of struggles, a lot of internal challenges, a lot of things that have hurt through the past couple years. They've experienced the fear, they've felt the fear of the, you know, just the stuff swirling in the atmosphere. There have been people that have just, have gone through really difficult things personally, and their hearts hurt. But every single thing that you need, he's going to do it through grace. Even trauma and PTSD stuff, God heals through his grace. That's, it's hard to have PTSD and to have trauma. But God heals even that stuff through his grace. He's going to restore your marriage through grace. He's going to restore any relationships that you have through grace. He's going to bring a new account to you through grace. A new job, if you need a new job, he's going to bring that through his grace. Everything he's going to do through his grace simply because he loves you. It is the truest thing about you. It really is the simplicity of the gospel. That the truest thing about you is that you're loved by God. It's the truest thing about you.
God doesn't want you to strive or to labor or to try to try to figure things out and make stuff happen just by sheer will. He wants you to rest in his love. You know, I'm sure you, most of you know that Jesus said, come to me, all you who labor and are heavy laden. If you have a lot of burdens, heaviness in your soul, whatever it is, Jesus wants, Jesus wants you to come to him. And he wants to give you rest. No matter what is going on in your life, no matter what it is, he said, come to me. Come to me. I will give you rest. And he said to take his yoke upon me and learn from me, for I am gentle and I am humble in heart. And you will find rest for your soul. I can tell you, I've tried to find rest for my soul in so many different ways. Through so many different things. I've tried to find rest for my soul by just Netflix or YouTube or whatever. It's just, my heart just feels, you know, and I'm just like, I just need to rest. And so I'm like, what am I going to put on? That's literally, like we've, we've literally all, I think we've all done that. But Jesus is saying in those moments, come to me. Come to me. Come to me. Like I actually have what you need. The rest that your soul is begging for, crying out for, I have. I have that. You'll find it in me. Jesus wants to give you rest. He wants to take all you, any burden that you might be feeling in your soul. God, he wants to take that. Jesus wants to take that. He wants to give you and put his yoke upon you, which is easy and it's light. And it's a, a yoke of fun and joy full of the joy of the Lord. That is what Jesus actually has for you. That's what he has for each one of us. But he wants you to come to him. That's his invitation to you today, is to come to Jesus. Come to me. I'm going to give you rest for your soul. And it's because he loves you. God loves you. It's the truest thing about you. It is the very truest thing about you, that God loves you. <laughs>